Dr. Tar. And this is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. This is Dr. Head. And this is <laughs> And you are listening to Radio. And probably not anymore. Gets better every time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fellow inmates, fellow hosts, fellow fellows, fellow girls, fellow everybody's. Fellow jellos. To another great episode of Unseen Radio. This is your uh, premier host of hosts, (laughs) Professor Feather. (laughs) Oh, it's you. We're going to be talking about. Oh, it's Halloween, peoples. Yes. We're going to be talking about ghosts. Listen to William Castle, whom the Saturday Evening Post calls the master of movie horror. Do you believe in ghosts? I do. And you will, too, when you come to this theater and see my picture, 13 Ghosts. Uh, No more dictation today. When you see 13 Ghosts, You'll be given a supernatural viewer like this, which will enable you to penetrate for the first time into the spirit world. It will let you see all 13 of our weird, wonderful, and wildly assorted ghosts. Now, brace yourself as we take you across the threshold of our haunted mansion, where there's a ghost for everyone in the family. Father, mother, sister, brother. You'll be scared stiff too when you see what they see. Thirteen ghosts materializing in ectoplasmic color through the magic of Illusiono. The ghost viewer. The ghost of a lion in the basement. The ghost of a murderous cook in the kitchen. Stop it! Stop it, I say! The ghost who speaks through the lips of the living. Death tonight to one of you. The evil ghost in the bedroom fighting to take possession of this beautiful girl. You'll feel all the thrills and chills of seeing one ghost multiplied by the magic number 13. talk about around halloween but you, you candy corn to, candy corn and ghosts the two and creepy stuff really just, dominate the conversation yes. every halloween um but we're also going to throw in a little something special too we're going to talk about soundtracks music background music of movies and how that applies to halloween and uh, the supernatural we'll just throw it out there 
So anyway, we're going to start off with ghost stories. And um, this is kind of broad. Whatever kind of ghost story you want to tell, it could be a personal story, which would be extremely cool. Or it can be you want to talk about a movie um, or a book, anything that has to do with ghosts. We're going to go with that. So this is just going to open that all right up. And I think we're going to uh, let Blue Fez start this one. Hmm. All righty. Well, personally, I got nothing as far as supernatural stuff goes. I've wanted to. I've put myself in situations that I should have, but so, nothing happened. So you However, wanted it to believe. You wanted to believe. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I really did. However, uh, <laughs> my mom had a supernatural encounter in a restaurant that's in Waterville, Ohio, called, I believe it's the Columbia House. Yes. And do you guys know about this? Okay, so oh, yeah. some of the people here do know about this. It's a, um, it's a it record was a... club, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I still owe them money. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for my last Billy Joel cassette to come yeah. in. God damn it! Pennies, <laughs> only pennies. Um, so it was a uh, a tavern slash inn that was built. Oh goodness, like are we talking like early 1800s, late 1700s, early 1800s? It's been there forever. Um, and this goes back a few years, but my mother was meeting some friends at the Columbia House for lunch. And they were in one of the main dining rooms and they had one of those, um, oh, I don't know, like it's like a hutch against the wall, had dishes in it and some stuff. And there was this this vase on the on the <laughs> shelf there. And while they're eating, <laughs> they noticed that the vase started kind of hopping a little bit, like it hopped a little bit to the left. And they all stopped and watched it. And the thing just kind of went hop, 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 stopped at the edge. And then just went whoop, hopped and just like hopped right off onto the floor, smashes. And they just kind of sat there, looked at it, looked at each other. The waitress comes back in and she's like, uh, is, is everything okay? And they're all like pointing to it going, uh, that vase just hopped <laughs> off of the shelf. And she's like, oh, gosh, darn it. She And she just looks kind of up at the ceiling. She's like, would you guys knock it off? We just replaced that. And she goes to sweep it up and walks out like nothing happened. All My mom and all the ladies yep, are like, sounds like Ooh. a scam. <laughs> you think by so, now they'd replace it with like plastic vases. Yeah, you would think. So maybe the, the ghosts that be were uh, not big on the vase. So, yeah, that's that's really the only thing I have. I, I, I was in a cemetery once with some friends and we we're looking for supernatural shit. And I thought I saw something, but it was just my shadow. And nothing else. <laughs> it's just me. I scared myself. Well, that place in Waterville, yeah, that... I use that as a location in a I have like I had three episodes of this kind of supernatural um, like TV show that I wrote. Um, and that was uh, in one of them because there's a, there used to be this website called Haunted Ohio. You guys familiar with it? And it talks about all these different places in Ohio, and apparently Ohio is like a very haunted uh, um, state. <laughs> but, we do have a bunch of hooers. But yeah, that, and that's one of the places they talk about how uh, many people have experienced a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Well, that's good. What about you, Gaffey, since you're talking already? Uh, give us your your take on ghosts. Well, I... Uh, you know, I was never really a believer, you know, other than I freaked out when, when you let me watch The Exorcist when I was 12. <laughs> And uh, thought my bed was moving for three months after that. The um, I lived in a place because he was under the bed shaking it when you were sleeping yeah. at night, <laughs> just giggling the hell out of him. <laughs> right. Gotta toughen you up, boy. Are you scared yet? Are you scared? <laughs> Gotta give you that religious fervor. <laughs> 
Uh, I lived at a place called the Collingwood Art Center, uh, which was uh, a former um, Catholic girls' school uh, for St. Ursula. In Toledo. In Toledo, Ohio, yeah. Um, and I didn't really, you know, I, don't, I didn't really have any experiences prior to that, and I didn't really believe in them. But um, there, there was a couple incidents that were just really weird. Um, I lived on the fourth floor, and you'd walk upstairs uh, to get there. And at the top of the stairs, there was this door um, that went into like a series of hallways uh, that were for a bathroom. So like one, one, one was a bunch of uh, bathtubs in a row. The next one was a um, sinks, you know, and another was showers. Um, and there were no windows in that whole place. Um, so, but when you'd walk up at night, you'd see a, a, a very bright light underneath the door. And you'd think, oh, shit, somebody's in there. And you'd go and you'd open the door and be pitch black in there. Um, and I wasn't the only one that experienced this, and this happened multiple times. I just eventually just started ignoring it. Um, the other thing uh, was that I had this transom uh, above my door in the room that I rented there. And it, uh, it, it was painted shut. Like the, the little arm that you use had paint all over it. You could not open it or close it. So it was closed and I couldn't open it. And I woke up one morning and it was open and the paint on there was peeled and everything. And there's like, you know, I had tried multiple times to like open that thing and it never did. So that kind of freaked me out. Pussy. Um, but the worst one was I uh, walked out on, on the balcony uh, of the theater um, and the Collingwood Art Center had like one of the, the, the most acoustically perfect uh, theater, domed theaters. Um, built and it was built by some famous guy that built all the like acoustically uh, uh, perfect domed theaters in the United States. I can't remember. Uh, but when I walk out there, I had to, I would go right and it would go into a bathroom that I could clean my brushes because I had a studio um, and I was painting late one night. Um, and then if you go left, it's the kind of the, the walkway around the balcony seating. Um, and on the far side of that, I could see a door and that door led out to a mansion that was attached to the place called, uh, uh, I can't remember what, what they, they had had a name. I can't remember what it was. And I see what looks like a nun <laughs> just kind of moving along and uh, literally goes to that door and just kind of disappears. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I go running over there with my, my uh, brushes in there and I open the door and there's uh, this dude standing there and I freak out and he goes, dude, I just saw a ghost come through here. And he goes, my wife is chasing it down the hall, down over there. And I'm like, are you serious? I said, I thought I was just like Oh, so you had actually someone that confirmed yeah, what there you was saw? Yeah, th there were three of us that saw it that night. Other people had talked about seeing stuff, and see, especially in these different places. That's interesting, um, though, that you had someone else see oh, yeah, it, though. Yeah, well, with, multiple, with you multiple people, yeah, well, multiple people would go, dude, I don't want to freak you out, but every time I come up those stairs, I see a light under that door. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm... <laughs> So I'm like, yeah, and I, I kept trying to figure out if it was like some sort of trick of uh, reflection or something like that, and I couldn't figure it did out. It, has anybody ever looked in the door when it's yeah? Lit I, like I that? did. I, I would no look in when it's lit like that. Go up and open it. That's yeah. That's what I would do when I first when I first started seeing it. I would walk over there and open the door. It would be pitch black in there because a lot of times this would be. But a light. you would see the light. You'd see the. I'd close the door again. And you'd see that under light the underneath. door. Under yes. the door, you see that light. Yeah, showing under the door. Yeah, but when oh, you open the door, swing it open. Light. Maybe there's just some Pitch lights light. in the bottom of the door. I don't know. It's just. It Did you weird. look in the back of the like door? When you close the refrigerator when you open it. <laughs> it Where's weird. that light come from? Fucking LED. Had it reversed. Hey, I could. I, I <laughs> well, that, that is that is pretty pretty interesting. That's creepy though with the nun. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, yeah. that's creepy. I was interested in the fact that you had someone else at the same moment. You know, you saw someone go in there. 
then the people inside saw it, and someone well, else is chasing let me, it. Let me give you a little caveat, all right? Um, I was uh, doing a lot of drugs back then, right? Um, and was the, last night, right? The guy, the guy I saw on the other side of the door was a retired Navy guy who drank like a fish. So, who knows, right? Mr. Limpet. Right, he was a navy fish. But the fact but, that you guys you know, can, but you guys confirmed yourselves so too. We, yeah, How would you? His, yeah. yeah, his right. wife, his wife was sober, so it was, she saw it too. The, uh, this guy that uh, let me describe him. Do you know that janitor that's uh, in the museum uh, in uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle? <laughs> exactly <laughs> what that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> what that guy. Little garbage cart like. he's yeah. towing around. Yeah, he was he was kind of short and uh, had this giant board. mustache. He was an older guy. Um, but yeah, that's what he looked like. <laughs> like, like, like Tartan Feathers age. Uh, hey, I got a, I, I have a quiz, uh, a little bit of trivia. Anybody can answer this. Who was the first known ghost hunter? Ever, ever. Oh, that's hard to say because I can. Harry Houdini, Charles Dickens. Mm-mm. Goes way back. Nathaniel Hawthorne. Aristotle. Uh, oh, close. Athena Doris. Athena Doris was yeah. Athena Doris the Explorer. That's that's Athena <laughs> Doris the Explorer. Right. Again. So there we go. Okay. And they had a weekly we'll show. They had they had a weekly show at the Coliseum too. That was like yes. Speaking of plays of their paranormal encounters, I can I can give one as as well. Now I, I did not see this. I was not there, but my mother saw a ghost. Was at the house we lived in in, in uh, Vermilion, V Town. Big shout out! And there, my my mother, my mom, and dad, and we're playing with my dad's cousin and his wife. They're playing cards, and my mom looked into the kitchen, and she saw this apparition go by, and she said she saw this little girl, kind of floating. She had kind of blonde curly hair, was wearing this kind of pretty flowered little peasant dress. Mark, and quit she looked it. like she was smiling. I know, I know. I was back when I was wearing those flower dresses. So that's all we had. <laughs> and she looked at my mom, and she was smiling, and she said the girl was floating above the ground because there were no feet. She just was like a little, little below the knees is where the apparition stopped. But she kind of floated across the kitchen, and then went down to where that there was a door in our bath in our uh, kitchen that kind of went down to the cellar which was a creepy place. I never liked going down there. Anyway, she, so she floated through the kitchen and went through that door and she turned around and, and she goes, did anyone see that? And my cousin goes, Oh, you mean that little girl? So, so they both saw this girl kind of float by slowly and look at them. She said, she just was really peaceful, very nice looking, very quiet. I don't know if she was holding any books or anything, but she had like, I think a yellow dress on and she had ribbons in her hair, blonde curly hair and just kind of floated by. And uh, so there's there's a confirmation. Now, that was not the first time my mom had had a, some kind of a supernatural experience in the house they lived in in West Virginia before they moved up to Ohio. They had moved into a house <clears throat> where they only stayed there for a little while. And this is because of this. They kept on hearing noises up in the attic. It's kind of pounding noises, loud thumps, noises. And so eventually they went upstairs and they looked and there was this chest inside the attic and they opened it up and there was this axe wrapped in this cloth and the cloth they think had blood stains all over it. They're like, what the hell is this? And they found out that the reason why they got in that house, the people who lived in there before them 
there was an axe murder in this house. Or someone killed somebody, they think, with this axe. Now, why it wasn't taken out, I have no idea. But anyway, when they heard this chopping sound and they saw this bloody axe, I think, like, the next day they moved out of the house. So, oh, See, if so, I were a real estate agent and I, pretty good. and I knew that happened, I, I would sell people a house like that. And then I would, uh, just before I turned over the keys, I'd put a bloody axe and a, a rag in there. Yeah, a wind-up yeah. wind bloody axe that yeah. flopped around like that. Don't so they, noise at night. When you yeah. sell a house now, don't they have to disclose if it's haunted or not? They have to disclose well, this was, if you something know, Back happened. in the 1940s in West Virginia. No, no, so I, I, I understand. Yeah, I'm, a lot of, I, a lot of I'm disclosure. just saying now. Just like, hey, here's a house. Do you want it? Yeah. Seriously, Someone killed somebody I, in the house. Do you want it? Yeah, that's okay. It's fine. I thought... Recently, you have to disclose. Probably my cousin. You think your house is haunted? You have to disclose it. I think yeah. that's funny. Maybe that's an Asian. Well, how, how about you? How about you, uh, Doctor Tar? A ghost story. A ghost? I don't have a really a ghost story. I have some weird stories, but in, and those okay. are and those Anything are things like when you're little kids that you think is it weird or you know is it? Yeah. It, one of them was. It was uh, a summer. We were all like. Uh, doing a s sleep out in someone's backyard, you know, you had the lawn chairs and sleeping bags, all that. Anyway, and playing around, and you know, it's late at night, two, three, whatever, goofing around when you weren't supposed to be up. But anyway, it looked like a uh, what? What we saw was like it was it was past these trees, so you're seeing like trees in the silhouette in the dark. But it looked like a a, a like a little rectangle, a little white rectangle. And it was going horizontal all of a sudden, and then it just like dropped down vertically. It just did like did like a perfect corner, you know, that ninety degree. And you know, we were talking. What do you know? What was that? It didn't look like a helicopter. You know, it wasn't like that. But it was just that was it. That was that's all we saw of it. Just that little moving down, and it looked like a rect. It looked like a little white rectangle. It didn't look like a helicopter or blinking lights or anything like that. So some anyway. kind of UFO. Yeah, something like that. That's weird. No, it was. You know, I mean, at the time, it was it, it was night? interesting, but you know, you couldn't. You, you, I guess I didn't think of it like crazy shit, but it was just. I'd have been disappointed had you not been probed. If you're not getting pointed, that'd be disappointing. <laughs> oh, those were later. <laughs> Aliens, I'm those here. Were, those anyway. were later episodes. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. <laughs> I'm presenting from the rear. <laughs> well, there you go. No, that's a good one, Doctor Tart. Um, yeah, mine. That's I creepy. Never... Were you scared? I mean, can I ask Doctor Tart a question? Yeah, no, you, I when wasn't. When you saw that, were it, you scared? It like was it, it was more intriguing and like, what is that? It wasn't like okay. I wasn't scared, it, yeah. and it was how so old brief. Were you? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, huh? what would I'm trying to think? How old we were? It had it been in the sixties, sixty-eight, something like that? I don't know. Maybe I didn't know you're that old. 68. So how old were you in 68? No, I'm trying to, no, I, I'm, you know, what? <laughs> doing the math. Yeah. Seven. You're probably too young to be scared. Just, yeah, I get that. Well, now that's what I was just trying to determine. No, yeah, but you get to a point when you're young enough, you're not really scared. You just want to know what it is. Yeah. Or you could you be know. 13 and, yeah. He, he, and he, was, very he was seven if it was 68, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. But seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> he got stuck at five. Well, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Ghost stories. Mine, I've never, I don't ever tell this. No, hardly anybody's ever known this story. 
because I just don't tell it. It's just something I just don't tell. You're making but it I up. figure for this, you know, for you guys, I'm going to go that extra You're mile. You're making it up. This happened uh, back in, I think it would be about 1990, when I owned a uh, comic book gaming store called Hidden Realms in Bowling Green, Ohio. And one winter day, it was just horrible. And we get some pretty nasty winters up here. And it just started in early morning and just became this humongous storm, ice, sleet, rain all mixed together. And I opened the store, but about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, or maybe I guess it was 4 o'clock, right around there, I decided I, I'm going to go home. Because I lived about uh, 15 miles from, from Bowling Green. I, I knew this was going to be a trek. So I went out, got in the car, started up, you know, and started driving. And, you know, and I'm looking, I'm trying to get my windshield wipers working. And I didn't you know, at that time. I just didn't get out and, you know, scrape all that shit off, you know. But I thought, well, I better. So I got out, you because it was, there was a, you know, a quarter of an inch of ice on the windshield. So I take off and I'm going, and I decide to go out of town kind of a back way because I, I, I figure I'd, I'd avoid the main roads because they're so bad. And I knew there was going to be, you know, accidents and people, you know, off the side of the road. So I decided to take this road. And this road coming out of Bowling Green is called Poe Road. Mm. And uh, Poe Road is this very winding road. So, um, and it's, it's a beautiful road. I love it in the summer. I would drive this road because it's so beautiful. And just take my time, you know, coming back and forth. And forth. But th this day, and it's not a very wide road. It's not a very used road. And I made the mistake of thinking this would be a good way to go. And I started down this, and it's just, I can't see. I, the road is totally covered over. I just can't see. And I go up, and I, there's a car off to the, in the ditch, and I slow down. This, and I, I had a really hard time slowing down, you know, and looked in the car to see if there was anybody in there that needed help. There's, the car was empty. And I, you know, mentally, I thanked God that, you know, it wasn't, uh, I didn't have to stop. You know, I was being really selfish at the time. But uh, I, I drove on, and all, I come up to the spot, it, it, I could not see two feet in front of me. And I thought, this is it. i got to pull over. I've got to do something. And I pulled up, and there's this house off to the right. And it was getting dark by this time. You know, even it was 4 o'clock, but, you know, with this overcast, and it got gets dark early here anyway. It was starting to get dark. And I pull up, and I see this, this two-story house with, all, with, with uh, lights in the bottom and one light up in the top. And I thought, yeah, i got to stop. They're probably going to think I'm a serial killer or something. They won't let me in, you know, but I got to stop. I just have to stop. So I pulled in, pulled up, barely got my car stopped in the driveway. And I, you know, looked up there and I thought, well, you know, here I go. So I, you know, steeled myself, jumped out of the car, ran up there and jumped up onto the porch. And just as I jumped up onto the porch, I realized the porch was not all that great. My foot went through the porch. Oh, my head went through the screen. There was a screen door. My head hit like this oak door and knocked me out. I got knocked out. I come, I came to on a couch inside the place, and I don't know how long I was out. And the place looked, you know, pretty old, you know, almost Victorian, you know, in its in its decor. Um, and I was laying on this couch or divan, really, and there was this absolutely gorgeous girl who was dabbing at my forehead where it was it, it had hurt you know i mean she was beautiful she's probably 18 had beautiful long hair i mean her hair was way down to her waist and just you know just she was absolutely gorgeous 
And she's saying, are you, are you, you know, just rest, you'll, you'll be okay. And I said, well, where am I? And uh, she says, well, you're, you're, in, you're in our house. And I said, well, who are you? okay. And I was like, you know, befuddled, confused. All I could really think about, I'm, I'm, and honest to God, you know, I was looking at this girl because she was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I knock, knock out dead, gorgeous, you know, just beautiful. So she's talking and she's patting my head, you know, and saying, well, you know, the blood is, has, has subsided. And I said, I said, well, um, what are you, do you live here alone? You know, I didn't know what to say to this girl, this beautiful girl who's sitting there, you know, her, her breasts are almost touching my head. You know, I'm going, geez, what, you know, and you know, I'm just like really uncomfortable, but yet I'm not, you know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm kind of enjoying what's going on. So anyway, she says, uh, my name is Doris, and, and yeah, I live here with my parents. And I said, well, where are your parents? She said, well, they're upstairs. Uh, they'll be down in a little bit. She said, uh, you know, you, you should rest. I'm, I'm going to get you a cup of tea. I said, okay. So she went and got, and as she went to get the cup of tea, I sat up, you know, and I was looking at my head, and, you know, not bleeding too much. So it just had this dull ache, you know, and I thought, you know, here you could hear the storm. And this is one of those storms that had lightning, you know, flashing. And, you know, and thunder, it just, this, uh, you know, one of those really weird winter storms. And pretty soon she comes back with the tea. And as she comes back with the tea, this old man and old lady come down the stairs. And the old lady was hunched over. The guy was walking real stiff. And they were just, you know, walked over. She gets into a rocking chair and he gets into like this kind of an easy chair right there. And they're not even looking at us. They're they're not, you know, they're, and she's like sitting in a little chair, you know, ne next to me. And they're not even looking at us. And I'm looking over there and I go, that, that's your mom and dad? And she goes, yes, that, that, those are my parents. And I said, well, they, they don't seem to be too, you know, too interested in <laughs> that I'm here. She goes, oh, no, they understand that you're here. And I said, oh, oh okay, <laughs> whatever. So anyway, as we're going, I said, well, you know, I don't – there's something weird about this place. And she goes, she kind of looked at me funny and said, what do you, what, what, well, I don't understand what you said. And then it, it dawned on me. All of the lights were gas lights uh, or lanterns, you know, what, whatever, you know, uh, the, you know, those lanterns that you see, uh, hurricane lamps, you know, all over the place, you know, with, with a chandelier that, it, but it was, it was all, it was all lit. There was no, and I'm looking around, there's no phone. There's no uh, TV. And I'm looking, and there's no there's no electric in this house at all. It's all lit by these. It's beautiful. I mean, it looks gorgeous, but I'm going, you don't have electricity. And she looks kind of funny and says, uh, I know. <laughs> and, you know, she, I, I just kind of let it go. And I said, well, I thought, you know what I thought was maybe they're Amish. You know, that, that was my first thought. Maybe they're Amish. And so I just went with it, you know, but she was, I'm, I'm not kidding. She was so gorgeous. I wish. Anyway, she finally, she sat down beside me and she said, well, let me look at your head. And she gets really close and, and, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm getting very attracted. I think it's pheromones. You know, I'm saying to myself, it's pheromones, you know, some people just exude pheromones and, and you know, that, that just really makes you uncomfortable. And I think that's what's happening here, you know, so, but as we're going, she kind of leans over and she touches me, you know, and, and, um, she puts her hand on my thigh and she says, you know, you're a very good looking uh, man. She said, uh, I want to tell you a story. So I said, okay. So she says, back there was a war and uh, I was interested in this guy named uh, William and uh, William and I were in love. And William was a little older than I was and I was uh, 18 years old at the time. 
And William was a little older, but they had this war, and he decided he was going to go off to the war. And I thought, well, I want to, you know, I, we loved each other. I said, well, let's get married. I, you know, I wasn't looking forward to, to, to him just going off and maybe never seeing him again and not having any legacy. So he said, yes, let's get married. So we went to my mom and dad, my mother and father, and said, we would like to get married. And they said, no, you're too young. And she says, but no, we love each other. They said, no, you're too young. They're very strict. They were very strict parents and very religious. And so um, he had left and they, I wanted to follow him. They, my, they actually grabbed me, put me in my room and locked me in my room. And days went by and finally they let me out of the room. And I said, why did you keep me in this room for so long? They said, well, we wanted to wait for William to be gone before you got out. And I was just beside myself. And as soon as I could, I tried to run away and my mother caught me right at the door and put me back he, her and my dad put me back father put me back in this room and locked the door and I just I was beside myself they locked me in there for a month and they finally let me out and I said and I said yeah I'm fine and, you know you know we went through this, this whole rigmarole and I said I'm fine oh, okay so we get to the point where they're comfortable with me just going about my duties so one day I went, went out into the shed, and I grabbed father's long-handled axe, and I came in, and I proceeded to chop them up. And then, and this is almost like I'm outside of myself, because I, I'm, it's like I'm watching myself from the outside. I go over to the bed, I string a rope up, and I hang myself. And I'm looking at her as she said this, and I said, what? What? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? She goes, well. I'm really obligated, and she's now, her her lips are as close to mine as you can get without actually touching. She says, well, I'm obligated to, to say this, uh, to tell you that I am a ghost, and I'm going, oh, you know, in my head, I'm going, this, this, this girl is just fucking nuts, but you know, I kind of like nuts. So, um, <laughs> you know, one thing led to another, and she led me upstairs, and this, and I'm regretting this, you know. But at the same time, I'm just loving it. We get up to the top of the stairs. We go into the bedroom. The bedroom's dark. We, she pulls me over to the bed real quick. We get under the bed. We, our clothes fly all over the place. It's passion, you know. It's it's just you know very intense. But all but as we we're doing our thing, lightning's flashing, and I look over in the corner, and the lightning flashes, and all of a sudden because it's dark in here, all of a sudden the lightning flashes and here's her mom and dad sitting in those same two chairs watching us. And I went, what? What the hell? But she grabs me and takes me to Nirvana and it was just a wonderful, wonderful night and I you know, fell asleep. When I woke up the next morning, I was cold as hell. I'm laying in this rickety broken down bed up in the top of this 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 two-story abandoned house, big holes in the roof. And I'm laying in this bed that has no bed. It's not really a bed. And I'm all curled up in the fetal position. I'm going, what the fuck? And I'm about frozen to death. It's so cold. I get up, I walk out. The place is a shambles. The place, it looks like it's it's been, hadn't been touched for 50 years, you know, at least. I go out, get in the car. Thankfully, the car starts and I, I drive away. I drive home. But I did look back, and I looked up, and in the window up the top, I saw the girl and her mom. But I said, no, no, no. Okay. So that's it. And for those of you who don't know, that's uh, that's my mom. Uh, you know, <laughs> night gadflies. Half, half ghost. I'm half ghost. 
uh, <laughs> I, I have many questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I just have one. Uh, what's the address? Uh, ask me for the <laughs> <laughs> wow did you get a boo you're, job you're not you're not shitting this <laughs> professor Feather? this is really this really oh happened. no that's an absolute story i wrote <laughs> house on poe road that's the only my only i just that's why i preface it by saying anything to do with ghosts <laughs> oh wow did you get a boo nicely done yeah did you get that a, was a really good story did you get a boo job <laughs> no, yeah, but she got a goo job. <laughs> yeah. The story is called Second the house. The story is called how. The story is called House on Poe Road, and you can actually buy it on Amazon as an uh, an e story. I got it. Ninety nine cents. Ninety nine. <laughs> well worth it. So there we go. Oh, ghosts. I mean, you know, I think that's a pretty good uh, coverage of ghosts. There, excellent. Now we're going to move on to uh, the music. Uh, soundtracks of of you know horror movies and especially if we can you know kind of keep it you know, not just music just we don't really have to keep yeah, it anywhere let's song, just talk about yeah. soundtracks and but i think in relation to halloween because this is supposed to be the season we're talking about um so i'm gonna we uh, started the last time with blue fez didn't we uh yes. this time we're going to start with uh dr tar oh so I, oh i guess what i suggested this show i was thinking of uh don't you have those movies uh that you know the movie is all right but it's a soundtrack that kind of grabs you at first and the movie becomes really good after that but it's just it's the it's the music that kind of enthralls you you know when those opening credits type thing it's like wow this could be really cool although a lot of times it's not example uh yeah what's an example an example uh valley guanji when I was a little kid, when I first saw that oh, that that music that's was got like a good soundtrack. That was like, yeah, yeah, super adventurous, you know. Then all of a sudden, you found cowboys and dinosaurs together. It's like, what is this? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. But anyway, that music at first was like, because you saw this like right after a John Wayne movie. At least I did, <laughs> and it looked like another western coming up, and it had that kind of music going on. All of a sudden, hmm, what what are all these dinosaurs in the credits? <laughs> Anyway, it was, it was pretty cool. Like a source, right. But the music, though, the music. I, I like that the, movie. Yeah. yeah. And the music, when I was little, that music kind of just like really pulled me into it. I thought it was really cool. I, I like that a lot. That real adventure type, robust, yeah, Bernard Herman type, you know, like Some Voyage of Sinbad, that kind of music. Yeah, which is, cool. yeah, that, I, I kind of bring that into the whole thing. You know, we talked about those movies, but I think that's a big part of those movies, too, you know? And, yes. And that, 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 those soundtracks, they're like, that, especially for the uh, uh, Sinbad movies, it's, it's very, very cinematic, you know? Yes. Um, as opposed to, you know, being uh, more tight and, you know, comfortable in, in that respect. Right. Just, it has that. But that it worked feel, for those movies, yeah. Feel to it. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. It kind of but, helps you get prepared for the spectacle that's coming. The music is grand and sweeping, mm-hmm. and it prepares you for that sense of adventure that awaits. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's how yeah. I always imagine when I hear those those big sweeping strings and the well, brass yeah. instruments, you know. Yeah. And what, then you get, and that brings how may the, I help you, the, the Jap- All the Japanese <laughs> movies. Yes. And how, oh, how yes. cognizant they were of that. Soundscaping. And how that works yes. and how that 
how that affects the mind and how that affects you know your 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 uh, what's his name? I what's that, the, I think that's good. What was uh, a, a, a what? Who was the composer? Akira Ifakube. Yes. Yeah, his marches. Yeah, and yeah. The, great. His, uh, great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, yeah, and but that that's a that's a that's a pretty good example just of how soundtracks work. Uh, what about you, uh, Midnight Gadfly? I think uh, there's a lot of soundtracks I like. I, I like the soundtrack for Ed Wood. Um, which I think uses mm. parts of the original Swan Lake and stuff like that. Um, and Theremin. Yeah, but... Uh, uh, Howard Shore. Yep, Howard Shore. Howard Shore, yes. Yeah. Blue Fez and I used to listen to that all the time uh, at the place That's we used to work soundtrack. at. Yeah, a <laughs> lot, lot of good samples and stuff in it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just really good... Uh, Who is the organ player? That Carl... Oh, what was his name? Carl Pendant? The... Yeah, in the movie they portrayed him as that you know the guy wearing the turban playing the organ. Yeah. Oh, right, it was right. him, wasn't yeah. it? Supposedly that was him. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I like that, that music one. was yeah. And then the the Burbs, um, <laughs> yes. it, which you know is still out of print, and you can't you know if you want to buy a copy of that, it's like ninety nine dollars. I don't think they have it anywhere oh, really? to download. Yeah, who did the soundtrack? Jerry Goldsmith. Do you know? Uh, uh, okay, I, I thought but yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he did a lot of good oh, yeah. memorable songs. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, composers for you know his original um, his original soundtrack um, that got replaced uh, was it Legend or something? What what was the one? Because they did Tangerine Dream ended up doing it, but he did for, one that for Legend. They, yeah, Legend. when they released yeah. when they released it. Tangerine in, Dream uh, Dream did it for what the uh, the vampire. The, the vampire movie, Fright Night, I yeah. believe. I don't yeah. know. Oh, did they? I, I yep. didn't know that. And then uh, most recently, my favorite soundtrack that I listen to is the one for The Greasy Strangler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. That, that, I know, it is an awesome that soundtrack. music is so cool. That. It's very like uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, Devo kind of stuff. The, uh, but it's... Uh, it really, I, I think it's if it awesome. weren't if it weren't for that music, I probably would not have made it through that movie. Oh no! Everything just kind of came together, literally. <laughs> just, just awesome. Blue Fez, what about you? Oh, you're 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 in my wheelhouse here. Although, uh, as far as horror soundtracks go, I, I don't know that I have many. I, I have a collection that goes all over the place, though mostly. Um, uh, science fiction, uh, but I'll I'll back up with Gadfly was saying. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith is one of my all time uh, favorite composers. In fact, I, I would say I like him a lot more than John Williams, um, mainly because of just his sheer volume. I, this this is the guy that scored Planet of the Apes. This is the guy that decides. You know what? At the end of the movie, no music. We're just going to end this movie with Taylor on the beach. And it's just the crashing of waves as we fade to black and we stick with that. And I remember as a kid, that was that was huge. That was profoundly impactful. To me. Powerful. Because I was, yeah, exactly. I'm just kind of like mouth hanging open. Um, and then he turns around and does the soundtrack to Alien, which is a it, another classic 70s sci-fi horror soundtrack. The minute you hear those kind of like, nah, nah, you're like... And then, then it builds, you know, like up oh, in the 1970s and it's going to get crazy. And then, of course, you know, slipping over to science fiction, he creates, you know, the penultimate science fiction score outside of Star Wars or Star Trek, the motion picture, my all time favorite score of his. Um, 
but you know there there's a bunch of others there's you know basil poldorius for conan and uh robocop uh there's uh joseph deluca who or uh, joseph loduca who did um the uh evil dead series up into army of darkness which is a great soundtrack i the you know, the little help from Danny Elfman on that one. That's a good one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but as far as modern soundtracks go, uh, uh, Joseph Bishara, he did the soundtracks for The Conjuring 1 and 2, and those scores are really nice. And it, it, it's got that great start, you know, the, the Warner Brothers logo comes up, and there you just hear these strings in the background that's like, uh, and then it kind of fades out. And it, I'm sorry. All, that sounds it, too much like bong. Hey, well, hey, exactly. Sources. And, and exactly. Well, it's you, you just get that kind of off-kilter horn and strings, and you're already creeped out. You know what's coming. And it kind of already puts you just kind of like, okay, uncomfortable, and off we go. But, yeah, no, there's a, there, there's a few. Oh, and somebody mentioned Bernard Herman, so, you know. Well, yeah. Guy scores Hitchcock, and he, he yeah. Can you say about that? And a lot of B movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how about uh, Ronald Stein? Doing Ronald a, Stein is yep. Yeah. Well, didn't it, didn't they? Uh, wasn't and him and Cheney do a, a Spider Baby? Or was <laughs> yes. When they the apparently they Spider Baby. Apparently they were yeah. doing this uh, session in some studio in Mexico, and then Cheney was apparently drunk with her. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, what was that? I had a CD anyway. I, Feather and I listened to it. But anyway, they had these off tracks of uh, Cheney uh, singing his part for uh, uh, the Cannibal Orgy. Oh my God, it was funny as shit. <laughs> All these outtakes and stuff. It was great. Anyway, he and, you hear, and you hear Stein good. in the background laughing, and it's just like, I ah, just did, do it again. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah, good that, stuff. That, that's that's some pretty good stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, there's a lot. What about you, Doctor Head? Uh, a few things stand out for me. I think seminal soundtracks. I'd have to go back to like Hans J. Salter and Frank Skinner from Universal, like Ghost of Frankenstein, and oh all yeah. Those, yeah, all those Universals. Like when that fanfare came up, and you see the yes. the plane circling, oh. you know, <laughs> the globe. It's like you knew you were going to be in for a treat. It's and just anytime like, you uh, hear that yeah. the score come up for any of those Frankenstein movies, it just gives me chills. Yep. Um, it's like the Godzilla more, soundtracks. It, it's as it, that yeah, theme to it. Brilliant. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're dynamic and they're exciting and they're chilling and very moody. I mean, they're appropriate for each scene. They're, they're beautiful. Um, but for more modern horror, I would go Ennio Morricone for the thing really mm. has that stark. Yeah. That's how you know it's thing is sci-fi horror. Uh, there's that stark coldness to it, that kind of doom, 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 doom. It's real sparse, but it's 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 potent because it's so almost like underused. You almost don't even notice it because it's it's it really blends in beautifully. But I've always been a, really enamored with that soundtrack. Um, <clears throat> I I like John Carpenter what he did with Halloween and the yes, Fog. Very similar yeah, soundtracks, minimalist. But boy, when you hear Halloween, for efficient. That kind of, yeah, I mean. Yeah, the monotonous kind of droning, but it's it's yeah, it's efficient and it's scary. But it, it's yeah, yeah, it's it's very appropriate yeah. though. It's very creepy, and um, 
And then the same thing with like with when I hear the tubular bells from The Exorcist. That yes. just scares the <laughs> shit out of me because that that's like the one horror movie that I will not watch alone at night anymore. It's just, <laughs> nope, it just still creeps me out too much. Uh, and then I, I have to give a shout out to Goblin, the Goblin with Dawn of the Dead and yes. Zombie. Yes. Those those Italian horror movie soundtracks, <laughs> which are kind of goofy and like oh. like almost uh. sound like Mannheim Steamroller at times, <laughs> you know. Yes. But because I love those movies, I mean, Dawn of the Dead is like the holy of holies oh, for me. The 1978 and and Zombie, I remember seeing that the, for the first time. Uh, Lucio Fulci's masterpiece, just so much fucking gore, and I cannot unhear that. I hear that droning in my head when the zombies are marching and they're lobbing these Molotov cocktails at them. They're burning, you know. It, yeah, those things are indelibly imprinted. Rated X, barf bags yeah. provided. <laughs> yeah, some of the goriest scenes, you know. So the, yeah, just, the splinter in the eye. Yeah, but but the the kid in me just loves hearing the, those first minutes of the Universal. Anything Universal just brings me back to childhood and that sense of wonder and excitement and and thrills and just escapism. So yeah, that that's my list, man. That's all my good stuff. I think it's interesting. You know, I, that... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, I was just thinking when you were saying the music. Just even when the Universal logo came up, you know, first it was the biplane, and then mm-hmm. and then it goes to the the monoplane, that it just kind of right. goes to the yeah the evolution of Universal when you're watching all these movies. Anyway, yeah, yeah and you knew you heard that the music, plane, the sputter, yep. the engine, and the music you know, would start. Yep. Yeah, you knew it was going to be good. Like, oh, here we go, we're, <laughs> we're in for it. You know, yeah, totally. And if you don't mind me throwing in here, um, I know uh, Professor Feather, Star Wars is not your cup of tea, but no, the, 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 the movies that have come out ever since uh, Disney bought 20th Century Fox, I got to say, I really miss Alfred Newman's fanfare in front of those films. It's like you see them and you're just like, ah, it's just it's just not the same. You don't get that big fanfare like you're like, here we come speaking to Dr. Hudson. Here we go. It's like, no, yeah. Yeah, I, I pretty much like the soundtrack. Uh, of oh, well, John Williams. I mean, it was, it was yeah, good. Williams is a, a master. You know, and and, and uh, we're forgetting, even though it's not traditionally horror, but like, like Jaws. Mm-hmm. Those those well, those yeah. notes being back Jaws is kind of considered a horror movie, though. Is yeah, in, in a lot of in a lot of circles, but and yeah, <laughs> yeah. can't undo that theme, that building. Dun, dun, oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's what you said. Uh, that brings us back to what you were talking about with uh, Carpenter and Halloween. That is such a catchy little thing, you know, that it sticks in your head. And that's, you know, you can't get any better than that. You know, that's what your aim is. And it's very and subtle that, that about it, too. Like spot on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of movies that, that and music is used. Uh, oh. You know, soundtracks are used in so many different ways right. in, in you know, music, you're talking about early um, Universal. Yeah, my early Universal memories are of Swan Lake, you know, oh, yeah. and watching them and seeing and seeing the logo and no, the no, whole no, bit. No, no. And then later on in life going, you know, I'm I really got drawn to classical music and I always never I never associated it. It became like a, a, a background thing in my head, you know until later years and i'm really kind of sitting there thinking you know one day i put i hadn't listened to swan lake in like 
ages, I think, because when I was a kid, I listened to it all the time when those, you know, with those couple of movies, because I watched them a lot. And um, I put it on and I went, oh, geez, <laughs> this is why I, I like, this is why I like classical music, because this is extremely good music, but it was so iconic to those movies, you know, and to that, the feeling that I had when I was a kid, as you said, Dr. Head, you know, just, you know, indelible, indelible. And music became pretty important to me in that whole respect, you know. I thought that, you know, and, and have kind of followed it, um, going back to like a Forbidden Planet and, you know, how music was used and how that was innovative, you know, and very, again, it becomes very iconic. The, um, the theremin uh, that were that kind of express expressed itself in that. I was looking back mm-hmm. when 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 did the theremin actually come onto the scene, you know, and become associated with was all it this the thirties? Oh, I believe so. That's, that's, 30s? Well, yeah, you know, that's I what, I keep looking yeah, it up, and they're saying the major use of it is, is, appears to be like the Lost Weekend in '45, and also yeah. um, what was it, Spellbound too? What was in '45? I, apparently the same guy that did the music for both. I can't, what's Nikolai, uh, whatever. Anyway, anyway, it, but prior to being associated with science fiction, these lost weekend was another one too. Did I say that? But anyway, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, prior to being associated with science fiction and, and then, then in, uh, what was it? 51, the thing came along and had that great theremin yes. score. Yeah. Anyway, and it's, it, it's, it's another score that's it's minimally used. It's under yeah, right. it's underused. Yeah. But it had that there are a few moments of punctuation. That's really what it's right. about punctuation. But it you could yeah. sit in the background with that, you know, that quivering of the theremin mm-hmm. going on, you know, giving you Yeah. I mean in creepy. the scene like when the dog the hatch gets open and the dog comes out. <laughs> it's almost like it, it it the music kind of punctuates that point. But yeah. But it's not just thrown in there. I just, love both those up. movies. So yeah, they're good. Yeah. Oh, they're fantastic. I, I listen. I watch the thing, listen to it yeah, almost nightly. Did anybody mention uh, Danny Elfman yet? Right. Mm. Oh, he, he was kind of mentioned, but not. we didn't really talk about him. Because, He's a big, uh, yeah, like, big influence in our modern day. I really uh, like his uh, soundtrack. What is it? Sleepy Hollow. Uh, the soundtrack oh, for Sleepy yeah. Hollow is really good. Yes, that is a good one. The way it mm-hmm. starts. And then uh, Mars Attacks. Like I think those are his two. Yeah. You know, really yes. kind of break out. I like Sleepy Hollow as a movie. All, all uh, oh, so do I. Sleepy yeah. Hollow is a great yeah. movie. It is. It's, yeah, the look of it, the visual of yes. look is, is everything stunning and good yeah. acting. Yeah, it just yeah. all the story's compelling and it's just a lot of fun. Yep. Yep. Enough humor, you that's know, a, a little tongue in cheek, a, a little nod to the audience. It's just a good enough Halloween Martin Landau that you really love him. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. I used to be on a space station. Damn it. Yeah, I like Martin Landau. Yeah. I, I would be remiss if I were to Fuck ignore the theme theme song, the opening theme track of um, Night Gallery, which mm-hmm. scared yeah. shit out of me when I was a little kid, you, along, yes. with, the, along I, with the opening montage yes. of those creepy paintings and the eyeballs and stuff. That creeped and me also, out, too. I, yeah. I, I, Even worse than that is One Step Beyond. The so music, the one step. Oh, check it out. Go check it. Okay. That music is eerie and very creepy. I barely that remember that stuff. It had that creepy. But yeah. that it started with the music. <laughs> yeah. For me, that beyond that, Night Gallery, or not Night Gallery, uh, Kolchak, the Night Stalker. 
Mm. You know, yes. It starts okay. off with that whistle, and then the music's kind of nice, and then it takes a dark turn, and it becomes sinister, and the yeah. lights change, and you see him like typing. You know, the monster came at me. I'm like, and the music's really menacing and powerful. Like, oh, you know, and uh, that, yeah, that I remember that. Uh, Kolchak the Night Soccer, such a great show. I uh, and then have you guys watched Stranger Things? On Netflix, yes. Mm-hmm. The first season, I I haven't finished the second season. Yeah, I, I haven't even got into the second season. The um, but I really like the music for that, just because it's kind of a throwback to the eighties. Yeah, know, it's got that kind of John Carpenter feel, Terminator, you know, that kind of stuff. I hear people in the background. What the hell was? Yeah, that? I think that's is that Tar. Is he gargling? Is he singing in the bathroom again? I think we got some inmates that have gotten out of their rooms. Yeah, oh, I think we need to. I'll check. I'll, 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 let me try it. Make sure it works first. <laughs> I'll try the first shot. Let me. So with with soundtracks. Veins ready for you. So with soundtracks, like we're just talking about horror, horror science fiction. But like, if you were to like name a soundtrack of all soundtracks that really like captures, you know, what would that be? I'll start Are we talking all time favorite. Yeah, yeah, I'll start. Um, the conversation, yeah, the conversation, uh, hmm. with uh, Gene Hackman. It's, it's just yes. that wandering oh. piano throughout the whole thing. Um, and just the way it uh, plays in with the story itself is just, I don't know, it's magical. It just, and it's just a really cool little do 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 do. You know, I mean, it's just, um, it's yeah. really just, uh, yeah, great. I'd throw in in that uh, arena. I would throw in the soundtrack to Dead Man. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's brilliant. And it again, just you got one guitar, you know, and that's yep. it. Yeah, we saw it at Ann Arbor, up in Ann Arbor, and yeah. And I am not a fan of Neil Young. I am no, nowhere near a fan of Neil Young. There's just something about him I've just never really liked, but. That soundtrack just really grabbed me when we were watching mm-hmm. the movie. And I went, yeah. It goes it. so well with the visuals, especially that scene yeah. where in that forest of birch trees. Yes. Which I think is stunning. Just like, yeah. oh my God, this forest is beautiful. All I got yeah. to say is stupid fucking white man. <laughs> yes. One of the greatest roles in any movie I've ever seen. What, what's his real name? I can't even think of it. Gary Farmer. That guy's a great actor. Gary Farmer? Yes, Gary Farmer. Gary Farmer. Love him. Uh, anyway, so yeah, soundtracks. There we go. So um, it, hold, I'm going to throw in for what Gadfly said. He mentioned the uh, what was it? Did you say the, the conversation with conversation with Gene Hackman? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, that was David Shire who wrote the awesome score for Return to Oz, which is a little little yes. gem there. He's yeah. he's phenomenal. Well, you know, and I'd like to throw in. Yeah, I, it would be Star Trek the Motion Picture for me because I have yeah. every copy of that score. Except eight track. I have multiple edition. It's my all time favorite score. Oh, Blade Runner. Yeah. 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 Hey, can I That's throw in uh, uh, the Irwin Allen movie or TV shows in, mm. in the late 60s? Those soundtrack. Who was that? John Williams? Doing all that. That sticks in my head, too. But anyway, <laughs> but, but you know, like Voyage been. to the Bottom of the Sea, or Lost in Space, or Time oh, Tunnel, yeah. Yeah. or Lost uh, in Space, had a pretty, or Land of the Giants. Yeah, it was. It but was they good. all had these like really good. snazzy opening theme songs, and 
music. Did anyone mention Jerry Goldsmith? For oh, yeah. The Omen? Yeah. Oh, the Omen. And that yeah, opening yeah. track, Ave yeah. Satani, that still creeps me out. That's why I don't like ever. I never like going to churches where there's that public response <laughs> because, you know, I think it was Beneath the Planet of the Apes scarred me. You know, someone says something and everyone's like, we worship the bomb, you know. Like the mutant scarring. Yeah. But, that, but, that, <laughs> but that Ave Santani, it's like, yeah. Yeah, and that's, you that's to me. you mentioned David yeah. Shire as the composer for um, uh, for the conversation. He also did the original, the taking of Pelham One Two Three, which is oh, yeah. listen yeah. to that soundtrack. That's good too. Oh, He's it's good. amazing. Is that yeah. a Carpenter movie? It's very. It's all jazz and jazz arrangements. Yeah. And well, isn't that a John Carpenter movie? Oh, the taking of Pelham One Two Three. No. No, what's the one he Not did? No, he did Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah, 13. Yeah, numbers. Yeah. There's numbers. Right, right. There's there's one more I'd like to throw in here just to see what your thoughts are. It, it's it's it is a science fiction horror. It's the soundtrack to Alien. Oh yes. Listen to it. Yes. Uh, well, I it, get it. It's just so beautifully done, and it's like ambient. You can you can lay it, put it in the background, and not really pay attention, but it is creepy. And these big, long, hollow, like hollow, hollowness to it. There's a, a sound of like reverberated space and emptiness to it, that is tangible. And it is, uh, with the, and and it has got some quiet danger with the quiet flutes, you know, and this underlying menace. But boy, I love that soundtrack to Alien as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to see Goldsmith uh, do a, a live a concert. He was, you know, conducting his own music. And uh, that's that was something to see. Oh, that was, yeah, yeah, you got yeah, to see him right really before he died. Yeah, because I remember that was in Toledo, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people said the TSO wasn't up to the task. I thought they did fine. Yeah. I thought that was a good, uh, that was a good show. Yeah, very cool. I would have liked to have seen. All that. right, there you have it. Soundtracks and Halloween. It just what? Kind of went off the tracks. It was good though. Good. That was really good. Well, hey, I, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for uh, this episode. What do you think? Hey, you guys want to watch me take a dump? I do. This is Dr. Toss sounding off. (laughs) This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Cat Floor. And this is Dr. Head. And this is Dun 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 Bwong. And you are listening to. 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 Radio, radio, radio. radio. Dot matrix. We freaks. I got it right this time. Yeah. <laughs> On Facebook, a beautiful little uh, uh, panel comic that our own Blue Fez does. John thank you, thank you. Dr. Head has his alter ego, Mark Justice. Mark Justice! Mark Justice! Justice! 
time slip. Mark <laughs> is a uh, filmmaker slash writer. He has been currently more writer than filmmaker. He has three and, books out. And not so much slashing. You can find all of his books on Amazon. That's right. Go check them out. You can find us as Psycho Cinema on Facebook. You can find us as Unsane Radio on Facebook. UnsaneRadio.com, ladies and germs, is one of the greatest websites you will ever visit in your life. And when we hit the 100th visitor, we're going to give them a spanking. <laughs> You're getting a spanking. Personally. And a street jacket. Been one visitor a year. We don't stay very long. So if you'd like a, if you'd like residency in the asylum, <laughs> unsane radio at gmail.com. Radio Unsane is Twitter. And there you have it. That just about covers it. Thank you. <laughs>